broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and the Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I think we're the best team to ever play. I mean, there's no team that will ever play uh, SEC schedule like that again. But at the same time, uh, we're just so happy to have won this game and kind of put the icing on the cake. Um, you know, there was not a lot of pressure. We just wanted to go out there and play the game that we've been playing since we were all five years old. So we did that really well. And I think you just have to give credit where credit's due. That is Jacksonville's Mac Jones. Wins the national championship, does it in style. Five touchdowns last night. What a magnificent season. I'll let it slide, Mac, talking about that all SEC schedule. But outside of that, what a year. Hey, uh, we said the teams that would win championships would navigate COVID-19 the best. Uh, While I think you have to give them credit for navigating COVID-19, I'm not sure I feel that way after watching everybody win championships. You know what I'm saying, Austin? Like, right. I think, I think, I think when I give credit to Alabama for navigating it, it, does that mean because they beat Ohio State last night and beat Notre Dame that they navigated that stuff better than them? I don't really believe that because I think Alabama is just better than them. Uh, yeah, but they, they also, did a great job. Yeah, I mean, they also navigated it well though too because I don't remember a lot of guys from Alabama having COVID. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, I. I think if you get to the finish line, by the way, I, I think you did a heck of a job, right? Yeah. Uh, I think the fact that, I mean, heck, right, Clemson had, was it just one game they lost? I think it was just one game, the Florida State one. Uh, but I, anyway, I just feel like, as I look back on this, and we're almost done crowding the 2020 champs, I mean, Super Bowl will be on the way. If you look at the Dodgers, the Lightning, the Alabama Crimson Tide, the, who am I missing, the Lakers, Mm-hmm. Okay. If I take those examples, who did I say? Lakers, Alabama, uh, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, and Dodgers. I didn't follow the hockey season enough to know, but was the light or the Lightning the best team in hockey? Like at the outset, um, they were up there. They were pretty close, yeah. right? So the Dodgers were odds-on favorites to win the World Series, or at least one of the favorites. Alabama was one of the favorites. The Mm -hmm. Lightning were one of the favorites. The Lakers were the favorite, I believe. So I I guess I just feel a little bit differently that, like, a team snuck in and handled it so well, and it it hurt a team that was a favorite to go chase the championship. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, at the end of the day, like, if a team handled it well, then they're, they're probably the champion. I mean, but like, there's circumstances where a player comes down with COVID and that team probably fell off a little bit. So I think to make that point more, it's the teams that maybe underachieved a little bit is that where you can blame it on COVID more than the teams that actually won the whole thing um, was because they handled COVID right. I mean, like I said, like Alabama, I don't think they had a lot of players that came down with COVID-19. I don't think the Tampa Bay Lightning did. Um, I don't think the really LA Lakers did. I think there's other teams out there that had, you know, COVID cases though. So I think it's a mixture. I think it's a mixture of that you followed the protocols right, you did things the right way, and other people, other teams, let's just say, maybe didn't. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, It's it just, I thought it might stick out to me a little bit more that mm. a team would be like, well, you know, like if Cleveland ends up going on a run, I'd be like, holy cow, like if they win the Super Bowl, now they managed COVID-19 <laughs> pretty dang good. Like yeah, they yeah. didn't, but they did, you know? Like they overcame it. Like it feels more of their story. 
Uh, I just don't know of a team that won that it feels like their story. Now, the Dodgers win, and they have to take uh, Turner out of the game, like in the seventh inning. So I, I know it's part of this story, but didn't the World Series had almost been won at that point, you know? Yeah. So it's just interesting. Uh, interesting as we look back on it to see how uh, how some of that shook out. Uh, one other thought on that. Did you see the story? I tweeted right after the show yesterday. You see the story where uh, I lo- lost track of his name, but the Indianapolis Colts offensive lineman played in the playoff game, and then the Packers signed him. Yeah, I was a little confused of like what that was all about. Well, that's, I thought he was on the, the practice squad, but it turns out he wasn't. Well, here's the deal, though. This is the only year something like this could happen unless they change the rules going forward. And by the way, you're talking about Jared Valdir. Jared Valdir. And so what happened was, see, the on game day you're allowed to take two guys up from the practice squad. On Sundays this year, mm-hmm. like in the NFL, regular season playoffs. So you can take two guys up. Jags did that like every every week. They basically would put two guys from the practice squad, and they pull them up to the active roster just for that day and then put them back on the practice squad on like Monday. And so you're allowed to do that, and you could only use, I think, uh, each guy twice in that regard doing it that way. Um, so you had to be a little bit careful, or you had to keep them there. So essentially what happened was the Indianapolis Colts, Brought this guy up from the practice squad, used him, you know, he, or he, he played, or he was part of the team, active roster. Um, and now he goes back to the practice squad, so the Packers are allowed to steal him from the practice squad and sign to the active roster. Mm-hmm. And so now he'll play for a different team in two different weeks in the postseason. It's insane, man. <laughs> That's wild. That's wild. Yeah. And I think there's one other thought here. It was a great story in like the Monday morning quarterback, I think, uh, or whatever Peter King says now that he does about a one of the Cleveland offensive linemen doing. They had to poach him off the Jets practice squad like on Friday or Saturday of last week, given all the COVID stuff, and he had to drive to the game. So we're seeing these kind of stories, which I think are a lot of fun and it, it, the interesting part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be the great stories told someday about the 2020 season. But I also think it's important to mention, like, I don't think they Cleveland would have taken the Jets guy if the Jets were involved in games still. And I don't think if the Colts had won, I'm not sure Green Bay would have done that. I think that's a little bit found upon. Yeah, so once they were out of the playoffs, it allowed Green Bay to go get that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, all the stars kind of aligned and it worked out. And it's obviously good for him because now you're making paychecks from um, two different teams. So props to Jared Valdir for doing that. You know, I think it would be we'd be remiss. I mean, that's kind of a crazy positive story in the NFL regarding an AFC South opponent. Maybe not good for them, but good for the Packers. Another AFC South opponent, Houston Texans right now are going through it, to say the least, let's just say. Well, I just said, uh, how are how messy, I just tweeted that out as you said that, how messy are the Houston Texans right now? And I think the answer to that is pretty darn messy. Koo sent us a, a tweet from uh, Andre Johnson, uh, and it says, Andre Johnson, by the way, the Houston Texans' great wide receiver, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I will stand my ground. The Texans organization is known for wasting players' careers. Since Jack Easterby has walked into the building, nothing good has happened in or for the organization. And for some reason, someone can't seem to see what's going on. Pathetic. I mean, that's one of your all-time greats, man, saying that. Well, yeah, and then it even says more than when DeAndre Hopkins retweeted him and said, like, y'all better listen to him because when he speaks, you should listen. And this is a guy who the last time he actually tweeted something himself that wasn't an ad was back in 2019. We're talking about uh, Damian Lillard or whatever. So, like, he hasn't tweeted, like, his own thoughts 
in a long time. Now, he's tweeted ads and retweeted stuff. I'm saying his own thoughts. It has been a while. Yeah, so and pretty strong. It was, exactly. And Andre Johnson, you know, it's a guy that I played against a couple times. And believe me when I say that there's always been um, a respect factor from whether it's his teammates or his opponents because there is a respect of just how dominant that guy was. And he did it in an era when the wide receiver was the most diva position that you could think of. We're talking during the, some times of like Terrell Owens and Ocho Cinco and all those guys. Like Andre Johnson was not about that life. Like Andre Johnson kept it 100, as the kids would say, each and every time he stepped on the field. And I think he's so underrated because he gets lost sometimes because you don't remember the crazy touchdown celebrations. You don't remember the, the crazy quotes in the media because that wasn't his style. But I'm talking about if you look at the stats, you look at the way that guy played football, there wasn't a lot of better wide receivers than Andre Johnson. There's not a lot of better, or there's not a lot of um, other players that mean more to their organization than Andre Johnson means to the Houston Texans. So you want to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars and the bad optics that we, we've been through the past couple of years. It seems like the Houston Texans right now are maybe going through it even worse because this would be like. I don't know, like, like a Fred Taylor or, or a Maurice Jones-Drew or a Mark Brunel coming out and and question this organization right now. And yeah. m- maybe they've been critical, but not to this extent as Andre Johnson is right now. Yeah, it's like no holds barred, right? It's like Because this is the dangerous territory Houston's in. They already are in a weird spot. They have, I think, an aging team. They have a very good quarterback, maybe a great quarterback. They have no draft picks. They're up against it cap-wise, uh, and, and they've just got a bad... They're dysfunctional. They're dysfunctional. And and then that Jack Easterby article comes out. And in, in one way, I almost give the organization credit. And this is probably a bad way, so I'll preface it with that. But I give them credit for when, – when articles like that come out about Jack Easterby and the way things are done internally, usually what happens, Austin? Somebody's out. Somebody yeah. makes a move, right? And you stay away from that. Shoot. The Houston Texans said, we don't care what that article said. We don't care what people think about our organization. Yeah. We think this guy's good. We're keeping him here. And not only that, we're going to go get his buddy from New England, who we've been courting for the last couple of years. We're sticking with the plan. So in a way, that takes some guts to do that, you know, yeah. uh, that a lot of organizations wouldn't show. And maybe they reap the benefits of that someday. Who knows? But for now, they're not. This is highly critical time for Houston because I don't know how you – if any of that stuff was true about Easterby, and now you start drawing the connections between him and Casario and, and potentially a Debo or whatever else, and you don't even interview Biennemi until finally today they have officially requested an interview with Eric Biennemi. Well, yeah, After but- you know that your quarterback's mad – and part of the reason he's mad is because you didn't look at Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, I mean, Chris Mortensen was reporting the fact that Deshaun Watson's happiness is tied to the standpoint of they didn't give Bieniemy a chance, and then a couple of days later, now they're giving Bieniemy a chance. So it's just, it's horrible right now, man. And I forgot who said this thing, and I'm not. I think it might have been Mortensen as well, and I'm not sure. Um, if it's exactly 100 percent accurate, because you know how people be for the clout chasing sometimes. But it was reported that when DeAndre Hopkins was traded to the Cardinals, supposedly on a scale of 1 to 10, and how they got this scale, I have no idea. But like on a scale of frustration, Deshaun Watson was at a 2 when they let go of DeAndre Hopkins. Now, whether that's true or not, that's what's being reported. Apparently, right now, where Deshaun Watson sits with this organization, he's at a 10. So take that for how you want it. That's just what people are saying. Do you, uh, where do you, we have, we've talked about this a little bit, but what's interesting here, and, and whether this is related or not, 
and, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, at, at least at the moment, because every time you pick up Jalen, pick out Jalen Ramsey's name around here, it's like in a negative way. And I'm not saying that. Uh, but their agents are the same. Dave Mulligetta is, is the guy that really just put together two mega deals for these guys, Deshaun Watson and Jalen Ramsey. And he's like a rising star, and I think you could already call him a star in the agent business in the NFL. But the way he was able to get Jalen out of Jacksonville, mm-hmm. right, and showed that player empowerment, I feel like there's something going on here a little bit, too. And, and again, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying – I think we can debate whether Deshaun Watson should have a say if he was told that he would have a say, at least communicate what you're doing to him and or you're going to do, even if it's not being advised by Deshaun Watson per se. But talk to your franchise quarterback, who you just gave $39 million a year to. But it's very interesting to watch now, is this a little bit more Deshaun Watson – or is this more his team and kind of the new age of the NFL where we're going to see player empowerment now get to the point of, hey, if you're paying me $40 million, you might want to ask my input since I play the best, the hardest position to play in sports, the most important position to play in sports, and I do it better than most people do it. Listen, to me, this is all in the Houston Texans organization. Because to me, the, the selling point of that was when J.J. Watt was putting out cryptic tweets about sunsets and when Bill O'Brien got fired, and he said it's a new day. Like, J.J. Watt, of all people, cryptic text message or cryptic tweets. Like, who, who, he, That's not his style. That's not his M.O. It's J.J. freaking Watt. What are we talking about right now? So the fact that J.J. Watt was doing that, the fact that you lost your best wide receiver, let's be honest. How many teams in the NFL in an offensive-driven league trade away maybe the best wide receiver in the entire league, and now their quarterback's unhappy? Like yeah. it's a, I mean, not too many teams can say that, but like, yes, I understand. I'm in no position to say that from Jacksonville because you lost Yannick Ngakwe and you, and you lost Jalen Ramsey, and obviously Jalen Ramsey being the big name there. But to lose Hopkins like you lost him, and now to have uh, the leader of your team disgruntled and upset. Like, that to me screams it's all in the Texans organization. And the worst part is, is when you have well-respected players come out and speak against it, too. I mean, how how many more clues do you need? Like, hey, Scooby-Doo, like, figure this out already. Like, it's obviously something's wrong in that organization that needs to be fixed. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're just a mess right now, man, internally. I don't know if that's a quick fix, right? I mean, I think some of that lingers. We all have egos. We we can say you forgive and forget, all that stuff. Some people hold grudges. You can say all the right things in front of a microphone in a statement. I think this is going to linger a little bit. And by the way, they're not very good, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. They're not very good. They're not the New England Patriots who can just be, hey, I got Brady and Belichick, and we'll figure out the rest, and we also have some good players. That's not it. Yeah. Like, this is not a good football team. If this happened in Kansas City, you might be able to get away with it. You got a lot of good players, and winning solves everything. Part of the problem in Houston right now is they're losing as well, so it's not good for well, the Houston Texans, which might be a good thing for the Jacksonville and, Jaguars. And you know what, Brent? And this is where my apology has to come into play here, because I, I've said it for for many months uh, prior to Bill O'Brien getting fired. I loved Houston Texans Twitter; it was the most entertaining thing. I would go through all the comments that the team would post, and it made my day. Because while things are bad in Jacksonville, at least. It's not like Houston. And then they fired Bill O'Brien. People were all happy. And what did I do? I turned my back on Houston Texans Twitter, went to New York. Well, Gase is out now, so now New York's all happy. Even though the whole Trevor Lawrence thing, like, that's still entertaining. But, Brent, sometimes you got to go home, man. And I'm going back to Texans Twitter now because I think we're just getting started. Like, I, I think, like, 
Listen, this is going to be a pretty thick onion here we got to unwrap, but I feel like it's going to get worse before it gets better. Like, to me, this is just the start of what's going to transpire in Houston. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think some dominoes will well, fall there sometimes ahead. And let me ask you this. I feel like the only Band-Aid right now that can actually fix this Houston trouble would be the hiring of Eric Bieniemy, just because that seems to be what Deshaun Watson wants. My question, yeah, it's it, dangerous. Yeah, but, and this is my question to you. Like, obviously, right now the optics are very bad, and, and you're losing a fan base. But that's who cares about that? I mean, they're they're their upper management. They could probably care less. But do you do you go out of your way and maybe go against your own beliefs to get, you know, the 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 enemy, the guy that your quarterback wants to make him happy and maybe make the team happy, or do you stick to your guns? Do you go all in and say? We have some sort of goal here that we're trying to accomplish. You may not be able to see it, but we got to stick to our guns. Yeah, I think your 26-year-old quarterback's the most important piece of your franchise, quite frankly. But you've made it down the road this far. I don't think you swerve out of the way. If you have a belief system and who you have and who you want and, and the enemy's not it, I'm not picking them just to satisfy Deshaun Watson. Yeah. You know, If I think I can win big with somebody else, again, I, I don't. I these are this that's it, what's crazy to me is even when we talk like about the Rooney rule it's like I it just surprises me that's a thing in the NFL and I get it because the numbers it is a thing but the most important thing to do in the NFL is win yeah like you have to go get the best guy color gender age it doesn't matter like you have to go with who you think is going to be the best guy or best woman or whatever to run your football program mm-hmm. because winning is all that matters in the NFL. And so, again, I have to do that rather than satisfy my player, although you have to repair that somehow, too, if you don't pick the enemy. Yeah. But maybe this this isn't going to end the saga, just satisfying Watson with an interview. You know what I mean? True. And, and by the way, if I'm the enemy, I'm not sure I'm walking in that door anyway. <laughs> why would you I mean, why would to? you walk in that yeah, door? Yeah, yeah. Hey, quick mention, Gus Bradley to the Raiders. Uh, that reports for the last week or so. Uh, so good for Gus. Uh, a lot of good reaction, by the way, from the Las Vegas Raiders uh, defense of players that I saw uh, of getting Gus Bradley uh, to uh, the Raiders. He kind of reunites that Tampa connection with Gruden. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is there. And uh, who was it? Dan Quinn to the Cowboys. So some other coaching moves uh, in that sense. But still no real head coaching dominoes just yet. Uh, for the Jaguars or any of the seven teams that are looking for a new head coach. Can wanna... can you imagine Bradley and Gruden together, though? Like, just the energy there? Woo! Yeah, I mean, that's a room that... Hold on to your bust. horses. Yeah, yeah like, no like, doubt. Like, imagine that training camp going back and forth. You know, like Gruden's offense versus Bradley's defense. Man. Hey, real quick, we don't need, we, we've done this a little bit before, but now that the season's over, Devontae Smith, you brought this up. Devontae Smith or yeah. Kyle Pitts. You've got, like, let's just say the 12th oh, pick in the draft, okay? Yeah. 12th pick in the draft. And you, you're, you got both guys on the board. I know. And you're going with a pass catcher of some kind. Where are you going? Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts. If I'm the Jaguars or are we just any team in general? Well, I, I get that. I get you that. Know. It's a little bit situational. Uh, Jags could use both. So how yeah. about we just say you're the Jags? I'm the Jags. I got to go Kyle Pitts, man. And, and, and I say that uh, maybe a little bit regrettably because I feel like Devontae Smith could be the next Tyreek Hill. But I just think from a size, from a mismatch standpoint, um, Kyle Pitts is that dude, so I have to go Pitts. Well, if I was picking 13th and Devontae Smith's left on the board after you take Kyle Pitts, I'm pretty happy. Sure, absolutely. But, as you should but be. I've got to be fully honest with you, and I was hoping you'd go the different way so we could be different, but I kind of agree with you because that that position, the way it's played, like Darren Waller, 
is yeah. you're doing something different that people don't do. And the Jags are missing that spot in a big-time way. It's way more of a need. The only thing I'm concerned about right away with a guy like Pitts, as good as he looks and good as he could be, is the fact that tight ends, we've done this before, don't do we that have. great initially in the NFL. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's more rule. Then uh, I mean, more exception than a rule that a tight end will come in right away and contribute and, the and, way you yeah. want him to. And, and then you could very well see like Smith come in the league right away and be like the next AJ Brown or DK Metcalf easily. You Absolutely. know, like that's not out of their own possibility. Very good call. There, there's been much more splash from the wide receivers, the young wide receivers, yeah, uh, in the NFL. Hey, more to get to, including back to Urban Meyer. We go. Is this the final day we talk about Urban Meyer potentially? And Jags fans, relax a little bit. Relax. Jags fans. I'm bringing out my best Aaron Rodgers at the pickle up in Wisconsin. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> I'll tell you why next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. Never heard of what happened in Iowa yesterday, and I don't even know how to pronounce the name of it. Derecho. Austin Lane. Iowa State Cyclones. You should call them the Derechos. You can shorten it up, call them the Chos. Why not, man? I'm into it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. If Week 17 didn't play a part in firing Doug Peterson, then what did? Because in his statement, he says two or three different things that I noticed as a little puzzling. You know, you, you want to do all these great things for Doug Peterson, but yet and still, you fire him. You love him. He's part of the family. But you fire him. I just, I mean, I guess both can be true. You know, I, I don't think it was the right move, but that's just me personally. I've always felt like a guy that won a Super Bowl three years ago deserves more time to try to figure it out. And making the playoffs after winning the Super Bowl a couple of times and you still fire him. Who are you going to get that's going to get you back to where you were before if it's not Doug Peterson? That's Keyshawn Johnson, 6 a.m., 10 a.m., Zubin J. and Keyshawn, right here on ESPN 690, Monday through Friday. You know, I think he's got a good point there. It's it's twofold for me, Austin. I mean, gosh, that should buy you some equity, shouldn't it? I mean, you win a Super Bowl first time ever in Philly. And at the same time, if I'm the owner or I'm a manager of something and I don't think it's going in the right direction, it's not about yesterday. It's about tomorrow. And so... If it's the right call and you don't think he's going to get you back there and it's more going downhill than up, then uh, I get it. Uh, we just don't know that. Like We don't know those kind of conversations. But at its face value, man, I, I would think you'd buy a little bit more equity with a Super Bowl championship, even in Philadelphia, just three years removed from it. Listen, he lost the locker room, and it's as simple as that. I yeah. think that there was no way he was going to show face next season and not have to answer for what he did with the Jalen Hurts, Nate Sudfeld situation. Simple as that. I mean, Tom Coughlin built up some kind of, um, you know, cachet here in Jacksonville after 2017 because his blueprint was all over that team. Right, but what happened after that? He he lost the team, he lost the locker room, and there was repercussions for that. Same thing with Doug Peterson. Yeah, um, listen, I'm going to bring out my Aaron Rodgers voice in a moment and, and say relax to Jags fans in just a moment. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you my thought process behind that um, and why I need to at the moment. But before we do that, let's get to Action News. Jack's Ben Becker joins us once in a while, probably wants to talk wrestling. But I want to talk a little bit about Lot J because he's in a council meeting right now. There's a big vote tonight. And this could be a monster, monster 24 hours or so for Shad Khan. Could get Lot J approved. 
who knows? Could hire a new coach, and that coach could be Urban Meyer. I mean, this could be a big 24 hours bet. Brent, guys, Lot J is like wrestling. He's like WrestleMania tonight down at City Hall. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is the Royal Rumble. You have 19 council people who are going to go in there, and they're going to fight it out. And if there's 13 votes, Lot J goes through. How contentious is it? And how close will the vote be? Because I feel like every I've seen you covering the story, uh, the people I talked to, I think there's momentum for this to pass tonight. Is that still the case as they're about to vote tonight? Well, originally I thought this was going to be a, an easy one, maybe 16 to 3, something like that. But the more I talk to people, I'm starting to get the feeling it's going to be closer than we all think it might be. From handicapping it today, talking to some folks, there, there may be about six people who are leaning no, and then one person on the fence. So if the seven go against it, this thing dies. Um, still, if I had a bet right now, I'd bet it goes through, but it may not be as close as we think. Ben, I saw that you confirmed that you know the Jaguars owner, Shad Khan, actually personally reached out to you know n- many members of the city council ahead of tonight uh, for the vote. Is that common, have you found, or is that kind of obviously a special kind of circumstance because he wants those votes? Well, I don't think I don't think Shad is normally calling them to go out and play golf. Or something. <laughs> sure. So I think yeah, it, considering the circumstances, um, you know, considering what's at stake, um, a well well timed uh, text to these folks, uh, I think was something just to be able to put out there. And what I was told, it was kind of friendly. It wasn't anything that was like, okay, you need to do this or else. It was more like, hey, do what you think is best. But the idea that the owner of the of the Jags is reaching out to you. I think it's kind of resonates, at least he hopes it resonates, say, hey, look, this is important, and I wouldn't be contacting you if, if it wasn't. Ben Becker with us from Action News. Jack Seam on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Big night in Jacksonville, uh, uh, no matter which side you sit on uh, in the Lot J vote. If it does get approved, where, again, I feel like there's been momentum. Uh, in, in fact, one person said just by a nose or a whisker might uh, pass this thing. What happens next, Ben? Is this it? Well, no, of course not, because then they're going to come back in the second quarter of 2023, them being the Jags, and we'll start talking about stadium renovations. And it's important to realize, second quarter of 2023, that's the time that they've stated they want to talk about it. Coincidentally or not, that's when we'll have a new mayor and new members of city council as well. So they're going to use that time between now and then, some would say, is to build support for that next step, the next step being what will be, again, another hundreds of millions of dollars in public money going towards this time of stadium renovation. Yeah, and that's, listen, and that's next on the horizon, but what about, like, if this passes, does that mean construction will start soon and, and there's no other hurdles for Shad Khan, everybody else uh, in the Lot J uh, development? Yeah, it's not going to start tomorrow, Brent. What's going to happen is they need to remediate the property around the stadium. That means that that's poisonous property that goes back, to World War II, even even before then. They need to clean it all up. It's going to take up to 36 months to do that. Once that's taken care of, then they can start breaking ground on the actual project, and that could take, from from that time, it could take up to, from, from now till then, maybe seven years until this thing is actually built full, built wow. full out. Wow. How about that? Uh, one last question for you, man, and then I'll let you get back. I appreciate it. Uh, ben Becker with us from CBS 47, Fox 30, Action News Jacks, covered a lot, Jay, tonight. Uh, do you think there's any bit 
of the momentum in the city about Trevor Lawrence, uh, the momentum in the city potentially, well, either way about a new head coach, but a potential about Urban Meyer, will impact council members at all one way or another in a vote like this? I'm not sure it's going to necessarily change a vote from no to yes, but it certainly doesn't It doesn't hurt, right? The idea that they're hitting the reset button on the franchise, you get a franchise guy in like Trevor Lawrence, you can get an Urban, an Urban Meyer in there. I would think, I mean, that does not hurt the cause, right? That's part of the, hey, we're going to now take this to the next level. This is a whole different team. This is a whole different organization. So, yeah, I mean, it has to help. It certainly is not going to make someone go from a yes to a no. So, I mean, this is great timing. If they couldn't have asked for a better situation to have this kind of timing work out where the franchise is changing its trajectory at the same time of making this huge ask. All right. Let's see if anybody gets thrown out of the ring. Royal Rumble style tonight. Remember, they have to go over the top rope, and both feet need to hit the floor. <laughs> Thanks, Ben, ben Becker. Knows his stuff. He knows Appreciate his it. stuff. <laughs> there you go. Well, he'll have the latest for you tonight on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Uh, thanks, Ben Becker. We appreciate you jumping in. Uh, Austin, I said this today. I was thinking of this from just a PR perspective, almost like the old Yankees, uh, the way they did things. You know, the Yankees are kind of a, the cliche, and I, I believe, I always, I heard this associated with the Yankees. If you took a PR class, I'm not sure if, if it originated with them. But it was like if something went wrong in the organization, they would usually trump it by the end of the week with something positive. Sure, sure. Right? Yeah. And so uh, that might just be the old adage in, in PR and marketing or whatever. But I was saying today, with all the momentum the Jags have built up, with Trevor Lawrence, who looks a sure thing. By the way, I've heard season ticket deposits are, like, up exponentially uh, already. And, and they haven't even made a push yet. Yeah. But just the idea of Trevor Lawrence and now all the talk about the new coach and potentially Urban Meyer. So there's that kind of buzz. But tonight is still a little – the Lot J thing, which the Jaguars are tied into – is a contentious thing. There's there's conflict there. There's not everybody agrees. And so if it does pass tonight, and then you get a little bit of the conflict tonight, tomorrow, and, and some of that contentious nature and criticism of it, well, you could certainly drown that out by tomorrow afternoon with the news of Urban Meyer being the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. True. So Ben just talked about timing, and I just looked at it from that angle, and I'm like, Tomorrow could be an interesting time to drop some news yeah, <laughs> for yeah, the Jags. For sure. Either way, I mean, either way, even if it doesn't pass, but uh, I think that thing is going to pass uh, uh, later tonight. We'll see what happens with a lot. Jay, hey, I tweeted before Ben came on, and, and I, I said relax, right? Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, that famous relax, and then and then went on a run. Uh, the reason I say it is because I feel like, Austin, I don't know if you're picking up on this too, but it's almost like social media and Jackson's like, all right already, come on, Urban. If you're not going to say it, that doesn't mean you want to be here. You don't want to coach. Your heart's not in it. You're not 100% in it. What's taking you so long? Yeah, I and mean, that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> I know, but I think it's a little bit dangerous. It's like it's like we had 4 o'clock on a Tuesday. Uh, if he doesn't tell us by then, well, then... The Jags are screwing this up. Screw you, Urban Meyer. We don't want you anymore. Now the Jags are going to miss out on their next best guy. You know, it, I would just say settle down a little bit. You know, settle down to that. I don't see anybody naming a head coach yet, unless I missed something over the last couple of hours. Nobody's named a head coach. I still believe this thing is held up a bit because of the domino of the Jags. Whether that's related to Urban Meyer or not, I think the domino of the Jags is an important domino in the head coaching 
search for the entire league this offseason, not just here in Jacksonville. That does not mean Robert Sala couldn't be named the head coach of the Jets later tonight. I mean, it could happen. Mm. He might pick that. But he also, if he's interested in this Jags job, he might wait another 24 hours either way to see, okay, I'm going to give it 24 more hours, and then I'm going to make up my mind. And the Jags, if they're in play, I like that job better than the Jets. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying here, but... I disagree from this standpoint. Number one, like, yes, no no team has signed a head coach yet that's looking for one, but there has been some GM signings. Number two, I don't know who the Jets are going to take. I don't know who the Falcons are going to take. I don't know who the Lions are going to take. I don't know who the, you know, I, I don't know who any of those teams, I have no idea who their top guy is because we have no idea because the rumors aren't really saying anything. The teams aren't really saying anything. I have no idea. I don't know who the Chargers' like top pick is, but I do know this. I do know that the Jacksonville Jaguars' top pick for the head coach is Urban Meyer. People can talk about the national media. We can talk about it locally. That's the only certain thing right now in the entire NFL in terms of head coach searches is the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars want to get Urban Meyer. Everything else right now is cannon fodder and it's speculation. So with that being said, that's why I'm a little nervous. That's why it's hard for me to relax because, like, the the road is clear. Either you get Urban Meyer or it's going to be a disappointment. And the longer that we wait, I feel like, well, Urban, do you have an idea or are you still talking this out? Because if you're still talking this out, that's not a good sign. That's where my... I guess frustration comes from a little bit. And that's where I say relax. I still think no news is good news here. If we have not heard Urban Meyer say by now that he wants out, well, then I think he wants in. I think the longer it goes with, I thought today would be the day we would hear, uh, he says he's not interested. Or I thought maybe, and we still could get this later tonight, this is when the rumors will start flying. That there's you don't, smoke. You so, don't think that Urban Meyer just loves to hear his name being talked about, though, and he's kind of cherishing this right now? Well, I do. I, I, I guess there's a bit of gamesmanship in there, but I also think they don't want anything out, man. Nobody wants anything out until they want to be able to, boom, announce it. So maybe they're doing a great job keeping it under wraps. We don't know. We're, we're all creating the narrative by talking about it. So, but, but the Jags aren't saying anything. I know Shad Khan's camp doesn't say anything. Urban Meyer's camp has certainly been quiet over the last few days. And and I think he had stuff piled up Monday and, and Tuesday. So this might have been like, hey, get back with us on Wednesday. We're going to – and we're going on there or, or later tonight. I still think later tonight the Jags and Urban Meyer know where it's headed. I don't know if we will, but I think by later tonight, at and, and it, it might already be happening, that they know where it's at. I'm just not sure we know where it's at. In fact, I know we don't know where it's at. But we could by tomorrow. We'll see. Maybe we'll know in the next 10 minutes. If so, we'll share it with you on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We'll be right back. Well, I think you can read into that that Urban Meyer's trying to decide if he wants to coach here, if he wants to take a shot at the NFL. And uh, uh, from what I gather, uh, he hasn't been full steam ahead with regard to taking the Jaguars job or making a strong push to say, hey, I'm your guy. I mean, I think it's uh, he'd be the guy in Jacksonville if he really strongly said, I'm in, let's go. Um, the, the conversations that I have had with regard to that situation over the last 24 hours or so, I'm not getting that sense at all. And uh, Meyer's trying to figure out, really, 
really what he wants to do here? Are there other opportunities that maybe he would wait for or be interested in? I, I think he's kind of going through his options. Now the college season is over. He's a college football analyst. So I would expect that now we're going to find out uh, what direction Urban Meyer wants to go in. I know the Jaguars are curious, and I know that they would love to make a coaching hire at some point in the next couple of days here. So we'll watch it um, as Meyer decides his future and the Jaguars decide if, if they want to bring him aboard at this so that was Mike Garofalo, right? And I think that's one of those things. That's what got people kind of talking about what I said in the last segment. When I said relax, it's like people are like, see, he's still trying to figure out if he wants to do it or not. It's like, I don't really think, I don't know if I believe that. I, I think this is, that's interpretation. You kind of interpret what you want to hear. And I don't really think Mike Garofalo, with all due respect to him, I think he does a fantastic job. I don't really think he said anything new. <laughs> No, we, right we, we, didn't, we didn't learn anything from like, that. Nothing. Just... And, and by, by the way, no disrespect. Those guys were put in a position. Uh, like I did this last night a little bit. It, this happens in our business. It's like, okay, we need you to do something. Uh, do you have anything new? Or Well, it really happens for those inside guys, NFL Network, ESPN. It's like, hey, give us something. Well, he really didn't tell us anything, like nothing new there whatsoever. But he crafted it like he was just getting information in the last 24 hours. When I watched that, I was like, he doesn't know anything going on, anything new in the last 24 hours. Like, he just really, he's just saying what we've all kind of heard. Like, everything is that quiet he's right now on the Urban Meyer front. Yeah, yeah. I, I truly believe it. And that's not like a national guy versus local guy thing. No, I just think they're forced to try to tell you what's going on. I mean, if you read like a Rappaport tweet sometime or a Schefter tweet sometimes, like, okay, you can tell they're just, they needed something, right? I mean, that's, yeah. there's really not a lot of news in there. No, w- w- without a doubt. And I get it. Like, listen, Urban Meyer's a big name. He's trending. We talk about him. But, Coos, what, what camera are we on today for me? So, so I can look right at the camera and talk You're to Urban real the quick. One, the one in front of you. Right yep. front, this one right here. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I guess the one that's on. Yeah, that makes sense if with the blue, blue light. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Urban, I'm going to talk directly to you right now, man. And, and listen, I know you watch the show, all right, because the analytics say it, all right? We know you watch the show. Maybe you're watching right now. Maybe Brent Martino says, hey, Urban Meyer, he'll tune in and he'll listen to what to say. Can you just please make a decision by tomorrow before the show, okay? Because right now, every single day I'm waking up and it feels like Groundhog Day. And I've literally sang your praises today. Me and Tim Tebow agree. You're probably the best candidate in terms of adapting. I've broken down your offensive philosophy. I've broken down your quarterbacks. I've asked the questions, can you adapt? I've asked the questions of the health and all that stuff. And I'm literally, I'm grasping at straws now, Urban, because I got nothing left to give you. So can you please help this show out? Because we know you're a fan and you watch it all the time. Can you please make a decision by tomorrow? That's all I'm asking. Because if not, like, I'm throwing Hail Marys tomorrow. I'm going up Zodiac. Signs. I'm going to find out your birthday, and I'm going to be like, okay, well, seeing how he's this zodiac sign, uh, he's going to be this type of guy. Like, that's where I'm at right now, Urban. So you can tune in tomorrow can, and listen to that, we, or you can make a decision. And either way, I'm not going to be mad at you. Just make a decision. We can see if his zodiac sign and Trevor Lawrence's zodiac sign oh, very are good. compatible. Then now we're talking. Now <laughs> we're talking. By tomorrow's show topic is assembling the staff. Who do you like as the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator? Uh, what? Seriously, from a prediction standpoint, 3 o'clock tomorrow, our show on Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. Is he the head coach or not the head coach? Oh, don't. Th- uh, um, prediction. It's all, uh, yeah, I, so, I, I frame this as a prediction. Yeah, tomorrow, is he the head coach or not? Well, you know how I feel. I feel like he's going to be revealed at AEW Dynamite, so no. <laughs> we're, he's not going to be the coach tomorrow quite yet. All right. Kuz, you got a gut on this. 
I'm going to say is, during I mean, the show. During at the some show. point, there will be a oh, When he calls in? Listen. When he calls in? If, yeah. If Urban wants to make some numbers go through the roof on the show, <laughs> dude, tell us about 320. Hey. I mean, I if mean, you want to, or else I can, we can just talk about Kyler Murray and get the same kind of bump, so it's whatever, Urban. Yeah, ESPN 690 Desert. Yeah. Uh, but now we, we could have ESPN 690 Columbus. Yeah. But no, uh, realistically, uh, Brent, what do you think? Do you think we're going we're to know by tomorrow's show? I think so, yeah. Good. I think so. Put that into existence because yeah. I'm I'm literally I'm at my wits' end here, Brent. I think he's going to be a head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, well, not like introduced like in a press conference form. No, that's fine. Three, I just need, I need an answer. And either way, yes or yes. no, I'm to the point where I mean, whatever. Hopefully it works out. If it doesn't, that's fine. But Urban, I am at my wits' end. Please going, help me out. Uh, yeah, help Austin out. I'm going with yes. I can't hey, take Kuz, this anymore. Kuz, what the heck's going on in the NBA? What did they figure lot, out today? A lot of COVID problems. Uh, Kyrie's been been absent from the Nets for a few days, and he said it was for family issues. But now a video is out of him at a party without a mask, and they're trying to figure out if this was in the time that he was out. So. It could yeah, like he ugly. might not play all week, right? While that investigation. Oh yeah, I don't. On. I don't think they're going to let him back until they know. What kind of party are we talking about? Like a birthday party. What kind of birthday party are we talking about? I all I was saw. We got Chuck E. Cheese. Are we talking kind, like what kind no, of wings? Hot wings. Like, they so were that's like, what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, the were, it was at like someone's house, and all you saw was Kyrie in the corner and someone blowing out candles, but none of them had masks on. So mm. that was. Uh, mm. So not, not not as bad as it being in a club or something. Hard to blow out candles with no. a mask off, probably. Yeah. Oh, Brent! <laughs> People could be upset with that comment. I'm kidding. <laughs> probably, though. It's 2020. I don't know. You know, masks. Hey, the Florida State Coaches Show Hoops is on at 9 o'clock tonight, right here on ESPN 690, Leonard Hamilton and the Knowles. But coming up next, it's live, local, loud. We'll have the latest for, for you on the Jags head coaching search on TV on CBS 47, Fox 30 all night long. Back at it tomorrow at Hey, Urban Meyer, you have 20 hours. Ultimatum has been put in place. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. It's decision time, Herbs. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to Action Sports Jackson ESPN 690. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.